morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Good. You enjoying our time of worship this morning? It's good, isn't it? It's good. It's always good. It's always a privilege to come together with a community of God's people to worship him together. We encounter God in different ways when we worship him with other people. It's amazing. Um, Richard and Kofo are having a great time in Nigeria. Um, they're back on Tuesday, and I'm sure they're going to have loads of really good stories to tell you. So, so let's just pray for a, a safe journey for them coming back. It was a little bit uppity getting to Nigeria, but thankfully they got there, and everything worked out while they've been there. So we just want them to have a nice, smooth journey coming home. So that'd be really good. So my name is Judith, and I'm one of the leaders here. I lead here with my husband, Richard. And, um, and so it's just a privilege today to, to speak to you about something that um, we really want to pursue as a community of God's believers together. And this is the promised gift. Um, so I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1985. I know, I bet some of you weren't even born then, were you? <laughs> that is so freaking. Um, I was actually, I was 11 years old when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't really any special day. It was a day pretty much like today. Um, although it wasn't as drizzly, it was, it was not too bad. But, um, and, and I remember really, really clearly the day that I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. I remember sat there and two people sat in front of me praying for me, for, for the Holy Spirit to come upon me, to baptise me in the Holy Spirit. And nothing major happened. Not like, didn't like get like tongues of fire that came down on my head or anything like that. And the earth didn't quake and, and I didn't get a dove that came and swooped and sat on my shoulder or anything like that. I didn't really notice anything that physical apart from I started speaking in tongues. I was congratulated and then sent on my way, um, not really understanding what had happened, not really understanding how that made things different for me. But what I do remember is that I was skipping and I was happy, I was exhilarated, something happened, something did actually happen internally. It was like I was seeing everything in colour for the first time. Everything seemed different somehow. I was different. I fell passionately in love with the Holy Spirit. And when I look over my life before I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, I can see how the Holy Spirit was at work in my life right up until that moment. It was when I received the Holy Spirit was the moment I stepped into the full potential that God has got for me. It was the beginning for me in learning how to hear God and being equipped to live obediently for him. I started to get prophetic words and visions and, um, and just really hearing God and encountering him in different ways. I didn't instantly become this perfect Christian. But for me, the Holy Spirit worked gently within me, changing me from within, challenging me, provoking me to be more like Christ. I would at times let God down, 
but the Holy Spirit would prompt me in how I should be and gave me the strength to put Christ in the center. I had an increasing burning desire to live my life for the gospel, to make sacrifices of wanting to make Christ the center of my life, to, to be more like Christ. And as time went on, it wasn't really much of a sacrifice because the Holy Spirit was working within me and the desires within me were starting to change. And I was becoming more Christ-focused and less Judith-focused. I can honestly say I've experienced firsthand God's patience, love, and kindness since that moment I became baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I continue to experience God's love, God's patience, and God's kindness towards me. You know, it's worth asking different people, different ones of us, how they became baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you want to be encouraged and inspired, you know, everyone's got such a unique story of how they became baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've had on my heart today to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, the promised gift. And it's a two-part series, so hopefully you won't hear it today and think, oh my goodness, not another one. <laughs> but, um, but I'm really excited to share with you today. And I'm really praying and asking the Holy Spirit to, to not only help us to have a deeper understanding, and, but to have a deeper desire to understand him more, to, to be strengthened by him, to, to understand his awesomeness and his wonderfulness, to, to understand and be aware of his presence more clearly. And I'm praying for that for each one of us as much as I'm praying for that for me too. Because I want my understanding to go deeper. I don't fully comprehend all of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit means. I want to experience the wonder of his gift. I want to go deeper into him for the desire to increase in me. Many of us listening to this at home or in this room might have so many different experiences or thoughts about what the Holy Spirit is or who the Holy Spirit is. But wherever you are this morning, I just want to just encourage you to open your heart that um, the Holy Spirit will just speak directly to you. You know, I'm not like... Um, I feel like really inadequate to talk about the Holy Spirit, to be honest, only because I feel like, you know what, I don't feel like um, that skilled. I don't feel that amazing at talking. But what I do know is that the Holy Spirit is wonderful and he is amazing and he has got amazing things for you. And it's the Holy Spirit that will work you. And he's going to use the words that I'm bringing to you today to speak directly into your heart. So open your heart to him. You know, I've heard people say about the Holy Spirit that um, it isn't for them. That um, all they need is the Bible. And the Bible will tell them all they need to know about God and how to live. I've heard people say that it's for preachers or prophets or evangelists. I've heard people say that it's not for today. I've even pe heard people say that if it makes you do wacky, crazy things, then it's not actually for me. 
You know, it can be hard to imagine the Holy Spirit as a person. We find it easy to think about Jesus as a son. It's not too difficult to imagine a son. We, can't, we find it easy to think about the Father because it's easy to imagine the Father with his arms wide open, ready to receive us. But thinking about the Holy Spirit as a person can be more of a challenge. What we think about the Holy Spirit is important because it will affect our relationship with him, how we respond to him, how much we are aware of him. What we think about the Holy Spirit will affect how we worship, how we pray, how we do mission. You may have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, but have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is an essential part of our Christian life. The Holy Spirit is vital even when we're reading the Bible. Without the Spirit, the Bible is lifeless. You know, the Holy Spirit it works in our heart as we read the Bible so that the words on the page becomes alive and, and then we start being transformed by the things that we're reading. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The experience of the Holy Spirit isn't just for those wacky, quirky Christians that like to sway and do crazy little things. The experience of the Holy Spirit is for every single child of God. You know, the Holy Spirit won't make you do anything that will embarrass you. It won't make you, make you do anything that you don't want to do. But it may challenge you to think outside of the box. And it may speak into your heart and life about who you are and the way he sees you. It will give you boldness to step out into things that you would not normally have the courage to do. The Holy Spirit is not merely an empowerment for the teachers and preachers, but he is a teacher of wisdom. He is the teacher of wisdom. He is your divine teacher. For every single one of you baptized in the Holy Spirit, he will speak directly into your heart, teaching you and equipping you. Do you know, John 14 verse 26 says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. Isn't that great? Especially those of us who've got pretty poor memories. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> then it says in 1 Corinthians 2.10, that he is the revealer, the one who searches out the deep things of God. You know, if you want wisdom, if you want a greater understanding of God and life and the universe and your place within that, baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift ready and available for you to receive today. All we have to do is ask him for it. In the Old Testament, when the people of God were in deep distress and, and far from God, the prophet Joel prophesied that a day will come when he will restore all things. And at that time, the Holy Spirit will be poured out. And the timing for the Holy Spirit to come was really, really important. The timing was key for this outpouring. Jesus first had to come to restore all things by making a way for us to come to the Father 
And once Jesus had done that, the day foretold by Joel came and the Holy Spirit was poured out to all who would come to the Father by accepting Jesus. The days are now and here we have the privilege of being baptized into the promised gift that generations before Jesus could only have hoped for. Moses is, um, Moses is in the book of Numbers. He longed for the day for all God's people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would come upon them and that they would prophesy. We read in Acts about that day arriving. The moment the promise is fulfilled, the Holy Spirit is poured out and all the lost people have the Spirit on them to prophesy and do the works of the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And after Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was enabled to speak with boldness about the arrival of the promised gift. And that's where I want to take you today. I'm going to read quite a big chunk of the Bible. So I hope you've got your Bibles with you. So let's turn to Acts 2 verse 1. And I'm going to read Acts 2 verse 1 to 20. And this is just as Peter stands before the crowds. It's just been filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. At that time, staying in Jerusalem were God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Now, that's the timing of God, isn't it? That every God-fearing Jew under heaven actually happened to be in that place, in that moment when there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, God is always putting opportunities in our way to experience him more. You know that? And we need the Holy Spirit to show us that and reveal that to us. Verse 6, when they heard this, this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, and all these who are speaking Galilean, then how is it that each of us hears them in our, in our own native language? And then the book then goes on to list about 15 different languages that were spoken that day. Verse 11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. You know, we may be in the right place at the right time to experience God, to see what he's doing. And sometimes some things can seem a bit strange. I don't know if you've ever had that, where you've been somewhere the Holy Spirit is moving in such a way, it's like, this is a bit strange, a bit wacky. You know, when we're in that place where strange things are happened, that it can affect how we respond, how we feel, especially if it feels a bit uncomfortable. 
Who would you be in this story if you were amongst those witnessing something this strange? Would you ridicule, criticize, and try to make sense of it by downplaying it? Or would you open your heart in wonder, ready to allow the Holy Spirit to help you understand the awesomeness of it? Verse 14 then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowds. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And some people are poking fun at them saying that they're drunk. And then there are those that are in wonder and amazement because they're hearing the wonders of God being described, being declared in their own language. Peter says that what is happening right here in your midst is the gift that was promised to us through the prophet Joel. Peter continues this time in his, and he reminds them of David's prophecy by reciting Psalms to them. So it continues in Acts 2, 25 to 33. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. This is David prophesying about Jesus' dependency on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was central to Jesus being born, living his life, doing miracles, going to the cross and being raised from the dead. The Holy Spirit was the one who made sending Jesus into the world happen by coming upon a virgin's womb. Jesus, being human, relies on the Holy Spirit in all that he does while he's here on earth. All the miracles and signs and wonders, Jesus attributes it to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was always before him. Verse 28, again, it says, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. We too can always be, have him before us. He will make known to us the paths of life. And we too can know the joy of his presence. Do you want that? 
to know the joy of his presence constantly, to know him constantly, always before you, with you, walking with you, upholding you, giving you strength. There is this relationship and dependency by the Lord Jesus on the Lord Holy Spirit, which is for us too. Jesus knows that the Holy Spirit who gave him life in this world will not abandon him to the realm of the dead. The Holy Spirit brings Jesus back from the grave. The Jews, after listening to Peter, knew this in their hearts to be true. And the, the time is now. They would have known the prophets, of the, the prophetic words about the one day the Holy Spirit will be outpoured. So they responded with asking, what should we do? And in verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise is for you. It's for all of us. This promise, this gift of the Holy Spirit, all who respond to the call to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus can receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. My challenge for you today is to long for more of the Holy Spirit, to ask the Holy Spirit for the outpouring to come upon you. If you've not been baptized, what's stopping you from receiving the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life? In the same way Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit, we can too. And this really excites me. And I want to talk more about that in part two of this series. The Bible shows us that the Holy Spirit was around since the beginning of time, bringing light and life wherever he goes. He first gets a mention in Genesis at the time of creation. In Genesis 1 and 2, it's verse 1 and 2 of chapter 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit was watering over, hovering over the waters. He played a part in creation, making that which is formless, empty, and dark into something wonderful, beautiful, and fruitful. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He makes everything that is formless, empty, and dark into something wonderful and fruitful. And that's what happens to our lives too. Any one of us can experience the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us purpose, makes us fruitful. He makes known to us the paths of life. I like this um, thing that this theologian once said that I heard or read. This theologian said, sorry, Josh. <laughs> one theologian described the Holy Spirit as someone who makes a house into, the ho into a home. Isn't that beautiful? Now, sometimes we can feel empty. Sometimes we can feel like things are not going well. You know, whatever kind of circumstance or situation any one of us is going through, even if it's unfruitfulness, any part of your life, 
The Holy Spirit is the bringer of life. Psalm 36 verse 9, it says, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Another translation of the same verse, it says, You are the giver of life. Your light lets us enjoy life. He is the giver of life. Do you want to enjoy your life? Do you want to enjoy your life? Do you want your life to be fruitful? Do you want your life to have purpose? Then we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in exactly the same way and to the same extent as the Father and the Son. As well as a life giver, he is Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Everything that God does is done by the Father, in the Son, through the Holy Spirit. You know, it's really important for us to understand that there is no hierarchy with God. Sometimes it can, um, sometimes to get our head around God, we can start thinking about it simply in our own ways of thinking. We think, well, if the Father sent the Son, then he must be the one in charge. And then if the Son then sent the Holy Spirit, then that must mean that Jesus is in charge of the Holy Spirit. So this must be this kind of, and that's because we try and understand it in our own human ways. We can mistakenly think that if Jesus is sent, then he is a lower rank to the Father. And that Jesus sends a spirit, so he must be a lower rank. If we don't understand that Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one God, but three distinct persons, then everything else that we understand about God can be a bit squiffy, a bit distorted. It does seem like there's a lot of sending going on in the Godhead, isn't it? The Father sends the Son, um, but the Spirit makes it happen. The Father sends the Spirit, and the Son is the one who makes it possible for us to receive him. There is no inferiority, but rather a community of power. What a beautiful image that is, a community of power. And we are part of that community. You are part of that community of power. Once you receive the the anointing and the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are also sent on the mission of God. So then we join in this community of being sent ones in the power of the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not a tick box for Christians. It's so that you can have power to be a Christian. You need this to be a Christian. As we come more aware of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, in our world, it will help us to grow in our relationship with him. As our relationship with the Holy Spirit grows, we will realize how much we need to be reliant on him. We can't do this without him. We need him. We need more of him in our lives. 
We need him so that we can fulfill the mission on our lives. Every single child of God in this room and online, wherever you are, was meant to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. For a start in Romans 8.15, it makes it clear that it's by the Holy Spirit we receive our adoption into sonship. And by the Holy Spirit, we can have intimacy with the Father where we call him Abba Father. Our intimacy as sons and daughters with the Father happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8 says that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on us so we can fulfill the mission of God. But you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In this life, we need the Holy Spirit. There is no son or daughter exempt from this promise. The Holy Spirit is Lord. Can we have the band up? Is that all right? He is your promised gift. We will make your life fruitful, purposeful, powerful. He is our Lord and he deserves to be worshipped, honoured, adored, listened to, kept being in step with. So I just want us to respond now in worship. Um, So if you just want to just position yourself, stand up and allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to you. So if you can just, you know, maybe stand or um, whatever you want to do, just position yourself. We're going to just worship God this morning. You know, if you want the Holy Spirit to, to fall into, maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and it was a long time ago and, um, and you know, maybe things haven't gone quite as what you thought or planned. You know, this morning, you can just open your heart to the Holy Spirit and just allow him to fan into flame the gifts that he's put within you. Maybe you used to prophesy and you don't do that much anymore. Maybe you don't feel like you hear God as much as you used to do. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you right now, deep into your heart. He wants you to see that he is with you and that he is always with you. You speak to the Holy Spirit. Tell him what you long for, what you long more of from him, in him, that he will just touch your hearts and and touch your desires, to make your desires to be more, more for him more for the kingdom of God, the mission, because you are part of this community of power. Maybe this morning you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit. You've never prayed and, or had someone pray with you or anything like that and said to the Holy Spirit, come and baptise me. Jesus, baptise me in the Holy Spirit. If you've never prayed that and, and you want us to pray for you, then please have the confidence and boldness or whatever to come to the front and someone will pray for you. I know it can be a bit difficult to come out to the front, but this is an opportunity 
to be baptized in the precious, wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. The promised gift is for you. No one is exempt from the promised gift. So please come forward if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and I'll pray for you. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're a living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. My heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill.
every voice singing. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience moment right now Holy Spirit we are sorry for the times when we don't think of you we're not aware of you we don't know that you're there thank you Holy Spirit that you are always at work that you're always at work within us that you're always going before us and you are in this world And Lord God, I just pray for every single person in this room that your fire will come down upon each and every person here. That Lord God, that their awareness of you will increase. That they will see you in places that they never thought that you were there. That they will encounter you afresh and anew. The almighty God, Holy Spirit, come down upon us. Give us what we need to live this life. We want to be dependent on you. We want to walk in your steps, Lord Jesus. We want to come to the Father and know you more deeply. And we know we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit, to work in our lives. 
And so, Lord God, we just say, just keep revealing yourself to us. And I just pray as this week goes on, that things will be happening, things will change. I pray for the prophetic amongst us to be stirred. I pray that people will have dreams and visions of of your word and what you're speaking into their lives, into their situations and into the people's lives around them. I pray that people will have the confidence and the boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit to witness, to pray for the sick and see them healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that our dependency upon you will only increase from this day forward. Forgive us for trying to do it in our own strength when we've got you, when we've got you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless each every person here. Bless our children. Bless our youth. Bless those that watching or can't be with us today. Amen.